Section 7 of The Desirable Alien at Home in Germany by Violet Hunt. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 6 continued Beer Gardens and Bear Gardens. In one particular beer garden in the environs of Hildesheim, of which I am thinking, on a certain summer afternoon a troop of orderly, sober, decent, suave and gentle persons of all ages and sexes was sitting on freshly raked gravel at little tables covered all with red checkered tablecloths and with coffee cups and glasses on them their children sat beside them and their dogs couched at their feet or circulated about the feet of other clients birds hopped about under the tables picking up the crumbs which these gentle people from time to time cast to them there they sat stolidly composedly as if butter wouldn't melt in their mouths gulping down grosser hellers and kleiner dunklers and more and more of them with no diminution of their holy calm their dogs did not quarrel the birds still hopped about their toes in utter confidence everyone was sure that no chairs would be hurriedly pushed aside or angry words flout the sweet air they were taking in amid smoke of cigars or pipes and the soft breath of human converse and discreet wives with their children of all ages to think about kept an eye on the sun and saw that it was declining when they thought that it was time they folded up their fancy work wrapped up the remainder of the buns shook the crumbs off their children's bibs and folded them up likewise and turned their eyes westward to where the gilded spires of hildesheim seemed to point them to their homes then men got up and shook themselves and paid there was in them plenty of beer but not the least bit of harm in the world could the same have been said of men and women in a like case in england think even if other circumstances had been equal, what it would have been after a couple of hours' seance in England? We should have had the ugly sights and sounds so demoralising for children that an enlightened government in England has decreed that father and mother must run their own errands to the public house. Gross words would have broken the calm of the evening hour in the country of strenuous temperance and protective liquor laws, but there are no places of this kind in england and if even a place of this description should have somehow or other scraped through with a license what manager would have dared to risk the responsibility of the direction of such a hotbed of trouble and drunkenness why even if he had got the government to lend him a force of police to hold in readiness he could not manage it it is to a certain extent the quality of english beer which prevents the establishment and survival of the innocent form of weekly saturnalia that i am advocating in england german beer is not in the least like in strength and quality or maturing to the stuff which notoriously wrecks the englishman's peace of mind his pocket and his home it is not heady it is diluted it is not drugged or doctored and it is kept properly I never saw in Germany anything tantamount to the swinish buvette of France, the terrible nouvelle art 
bottle and jug entrance of england where brutal men and haggard women slouch in and out in search of their anodyne against the cold dull pallid misadventure of their homes for the public-house in england is neither more nor less than a chemist's shop but the best drug of all is sold across the counter and where light is light more light and yet more light does any one realize the exhilarating powers of mere light on these animals coming blinking peering out of dark airless caves where they grovel on the fringe of destitution i am glad to think that the puritan spirit in england which vetoes colour charm gaiety and all attempts at beauty true or meretricious meretricious beauty is better than none at all cannot prevent the gas lamps flare however dreary the coarse irradiation that forcedly illumines every three or four paces of the dim street or alley when he is the temperance advocate bewailing every third house is a public house can they wonder the large coloured bottle in the windows of chemist shops are not there for nothing light attracts and both forms of drug stores have discovered that elementary fact in germany i am constantly pulling joseph leopold by the coat and praying him to let us enter here into this or that prettily decorated little hotel or restaurant with flowering oleanders in pots near the door and soft breeze bees curtains in the windows and not too much brass about but plenty of nice brown panelling and as often as not he refuses because a gentleman cannot take a lady into what is after all a public house corresponding to the gin palace in england any place of call in england which permitted itself to be as attractive as any one of these would indubitably lose its license government morality would be on its hind legs at once lest vice should masquerade as health as joy as beauty it carefully penalises joy and merry-making by the enforcement of due ugliness in every place where this habit is permitted to be indulged does an english landlord desire to make his hotel or restaurant the least bit attractive he wisely sends out for his liquor sooner than ask for the licence that is sure to be refused him on the pleasant face of it i have on several occasions persuaded joseph leopold to consent to take me on a sunday afternoon or evening where a concert of some sort is announced by a placard over the door of the anchor or the hirsch and to sitting on the edge of the form in front of a table with a white cloth and a mug of beer in front of me on a white pad to catch the drips i have watched the other quiet people husbands and wives brothers and sisters sweethearts lonely bachelors all likewise occupied and the strains of a good german band resound in my ears less cultivated than those of the modest couple beside me or the sweethearts who break off their lovers talk to listen and yet socially speaking i have really no business to be there and the solemn frauen who may become next day to sit on the edges of the chair for a brief statutory visit would perhaps leave off calling if they knew where i had been sitting the day before for it is just as if i had been sitting with a hall porter and his wife 
with Mary Jones who opens the door to me, with the men who clean the windows in a public house, neither more nor less. Oh no, I never mention it. Nor that I am writing a book about Germany as an excuse for my indecent gregariousness. But the use by my class of the open-air tea gardens, some of them, is not more reprehensible in Germany than sitting in the park on a Sunday on the slopes in Kensington Gardens in England. It depends on the neighbourhood, of course, but in a garrison town, say like Trier, you sit next officers in full uniform with long swords trailing in the dust beside them, and smart German ladies with their dachshunds and poodles. The carriages that have brought them out of Trier stand with the shafts flung back on the green hard by, waiting to take them back. There is quite an atmosphere of the best people about it. We had no carriage and no motor, and we did not know our way about. One afternoon at Treves, or Trier, what do I mean by spelling it in the French way? We crossed the river aimlessly and reached the suburb called Pallien. And there, the idea of tea, I say tea from alien habit, it is generally coffee, overcame us, and we wondered at the end of what nice longish walk a pleasant Wirtschaftgarten might exist. We followed a certain German family who had crossed in the ferry with us, a family of about six persons, an obvious papa and mamma, a little boy, a little girl, a father-in-law, a sister, also a white Pomeranian dog. We stepped side by side with them to the foot of a sheer red mile cliff with a long ascent of stone steps cut out of it. They were obviously preparing to climb it so as to attain to the heavy woods that clothed the summit. It seems preposterous to earn one's tea in so painful a manner, but as Joseph Leopold said, what they can climb, surely we can climb. Although my spirit fainted many a time, where a stout, heavily clad German Frau leads cheerfully, must not a slight, wiry, lanky ex-Englishwoman follow? And for nothing in the world would Joseph Leopold have desisted once the battle was joined. So we came after them at a respectful distance and began to ascend the stone steps. At the top we had a few moments to survey the famous Marienzoela. This is an altar to Minerva which the Roman occupiers of Trier placed there years ago. The pediment remains. For Minerva, the Virgin has been newly substituted. So placed, she dominates the town, and at night, the fan of seven electric lights that is arranged over her head in a sort of smoke cowl winks and stares like a beacon. We passed her, we passed the gates of two tea gardens. They appeared damp and closed for the season. It was October and a little late in the year for outdoor amusements. We passed them by. On the way, the little white dog showed an inclination to nag the big brown dog. The big dog showed the smaller one at once that it did not intend to allow it. And our wise guides endorsed the demonstration, though it was evidently attended with some discomfort to the little white dog. Who was a fool and a pet. 
having learned its limitations it subsided and there was no more fighting that journey we all crossed a sunken meadow at the top which seemed to me to be the crater of an extinct volcano the sort of castle in which the whole village of Schwalbach is built a valley sheltered in a hilltop then we proceeded to go uphill again through covered ways where only two could walk abreast these were skilfully engineered in the sides of the mountain banked by spreading tree roots and roofed by their branches we ceased to see the sky or to know how much farther we should have to ascend the thin stems of the trees stood away on either side of the hollow pathway they were of a vivid coppery green that spoke eloquently of damp we went along in comparative silence we felt bound to leave a correct distance between us and the party in front lest we should annoy them and lead them to suppose that we were making use of them and did not know the way to to the place where we were all going quite as well as they did but wherever it was it was a very long way off and we mounted always joseph leopold was growing visibly and audibly thinner indeed we both puffed and blew we were not near enough to our guides to ascertain whether they were also out of breath but i fancy they were not you see they knew exactly how far their powers of endurance would be tested and they were sure of tea and buns at the end at least we hoped so but the dreadful supposition occurred to me were they all on their way to visit friends yes probably going out to tea on some german camden hill or other joseph leopold sneered he considers my old home and its customs as painfully and ineluctably suburban and never misses a chance of a jibe at it but he did not want to upset me too much and he was quite amiably sure that a tea garden of sorts was the vision that lay on the eyeballs of our precursors a vision of an actuality and no false mirage still the road wound uphill all the way which is quite contrary to the usual run of roads to dissipation of any kind the spindle legs of the child in front began to wobble for me and i ached and groaned audibly we had come a good four miles without seeing so much as one glimpse of encouraging daylight and with us absolutely unable to gauge the probable height of the ascent we had so rashly taken after all this couldn't be the eiffel for it wasn't marked large and looming on the map and suddenly we lost them the white dog the spindle-legged child and the rest they seemed to sink with all our hopes of tea below the verge and that is exactly what had happened we had now reached the very top of the hill and the path had taken to going down as steeply as it had come up we hastened on and peered as it were over the edge and saw their heads and observed the man of the party stooping take the white dog off the lead we now gained hope they must by this sign feel that they were near a goal of some kind and that therefore the little cherished white dog could neither lose itself nor get into mischief 
and although hope now waxed strong our poor tired legs braced to the ascent resented the reverse movements of descending we saw only a moral daylight no actual ray pierced the leafy canopy overhead but we were careful to lose the pioneers no more we kept them well in view until such time as after a fit of painfully increased velocity we seemed to tumble and fling ourselves down into a small green clearing fathoms below with the dull shimmer of a little river running peaceably and not in the least like the mountain torrent it should by rights have been and on its little banks there were orchard trees and a little house and beyond a green prairie dotted with little tables tables with tea heralding red cloths upon them a high hill covered closely with trees like the hill we had just descended rose up on the other side of the valley and shut the little paddock where the grass grew very green completely in and when we came nearer right down to the foot of our hill where the rustic bridge was that admitted into the little pocket garden i saw the glint of an officer's the glint of two officers uniforms i saw a handsome landau with its shafts turned back and i saw a man on a tree gathering plums on the river's brink my pains were assuaged we took a table ordered coffee and stufelkuchen all there was and waited until a handmaiden should appear bearing the usual packed tray treading delicately in the long grass for fear it should throw her down joseph leopold smoked a fat german cigar and i talked to all the friendly dogs that galloped round about and came to me and asked for pieces of cushion some of the officers who owned these dogs approved of my advances some of them didn't and called their beasts austerely to heel i was up against german convention again so i desisted and sat still and kept my eyes in the boat and watched the purple plums fall on the grass as the man in the tree shook them down hard by where i was sitting i watched a lady at the next table to me get up and take a fidgety fractious child a very fidgety fractious child for germany to stand under the tree and perhaps succeed in catching a plum in the lap of its frock and i heard the lady say in german smiling however as sweetly as possible on the rest of the party i leave my character behind me and i turned to joseph leopold and said how like camden hill would you like to leave at once and look for something less cosmopolitan but joseph leopold was happy and busied with guide-books to enable him to find a different way back to trier neither of us wanted to climb all over the dead councillor again what a name for a hill so i went on listening trying to find out if the family of the lady who had taken the naughty child to see the plums fall were really taking her character or not schwetzen i don't believe they mentioned her she had apparently disarmed criticism they sat and watched the good children that remained consuming stufeltorte a very wholesome cake appropriated for young ravens because it is so dry that you are compelled to chew it adequately 
a way was found. We left the dead councillor severely alone and walked home by the road to Trier, through the valley that broadens out as you approach the city. We saw by the guidebook that ruins of the seats of Roman country gentlemen flanked the road. We were not very far from Neumagen, where Constantine built himself a palace. The road from Altenhausen, it was Altenhausen where we had our coffee, was very lonely in the gathering dusk. The carriages in the inn-yard had long since been inspanned and had driven away. The road was bordered with white stones. At least they were white only on the sides where they faced the approach to the road at right angles. The sides parallel to it were tarred black. It is inconceivable that I should have had to ask Joseph Leopold the reason of this, and I will not really insult the reader by passing on the explanation that was given me, only I was under the impression that, even with so much beer about, the German coachman could always be trusted to know his way home in the dark. It was quite dark when we at last reached the outskirts of the city of Trier, ugly and unsightly, as even the outskirts of beautiful places are. Waste matter is always pathological and repulsive, and the bigger and finer the house, the greater amount of waste product will be engendered, and one has somehow to take the detritus of civilization into account and make room for it. It is like toleration in marriage. There must be a midden and a box room. But high up and far away on the heights we had travelled over that afternoon, Minerva, virgin, goddess, under whatever name we know her by, brooded and flung her seven-rayed light wide over the dark alleys and railway sheds and trucks and the converging tram lines of the city she protects and dominates. End of section 7